You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailer and behind the scenes. And after a break on our disaster month, we're coming back to finish with uh, a movie that the first speed decided to have a bus. And then the writers went to their little room and said, you know what? Let's find something slower than a bus. So, Matt, introduce what's slower than a bus. Well, we've got a boat, and it is in Speed 2, Cruise Control. First, he took you on a bus ride. Then, for a spin in the country. Now, he invites you on the ultimate getaway. This is a cute couple. What are your names? Oh, man, this is Alex. Welcome to paradise. This almost seems too perfect, doesn't it? Want me to step on your feet? You already did. Oh. I'm in again. (laughs) No, 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 no. Come on, keep dancing, keep dancing. Engine on steering control, non-functional. You gotta stop the ship! I don't have any control! Oh, man! This summer... Rush hour. We're not gonna stop! Everybody down! Hits the water. Sandra Bullock. I'm never leaving the house again. Jason Patrick. Speed 2 Cruise Control. Who is running the ship? Oh, yeah. I am. Nothing beats the rush. I think it's funny that they use cruise control as like the tag, the subtitle, because cruise control usually means like you're not going too fast. You like set it at a nice, comfortable pace. Right. You're saying that you're controlling the cruise. So like, uh, isn't the isn't the fun of speed that things are out of control? (laughs) Yeah. Like what? This is your best subtitle. There's going to be a lot to talk about in this because I am a defender of this movie for the longest time. And after watching this, I had a little change, a little change of my opinion, not a huge one. You know, I didn't flip to the other side. This one didn't stick to me as much as it used to. Yeah, it's funny. Like I kind of had the opposite of you sort of here because like grown up, I like this movie. Then as I got a little older, I made fun of this movie. And now watching it again, I was like, okay, okay, Speed 2. You got some fun stuff happening here. Um, so I have also kind of changed my tune several times on this movie. There's two things that are great in this film. One, William Defoe, And two, the way people react in that town when a huge boat's coming through at kind of a really slow pace, but still doing mega damage. Yeah, that was a pretty fun set piece. I mean, we'll get into it when we start talking about the movie, but really like the the last act of this movie 
is so fun and crazy and wild and great like use of sets and actual you know not cg practical effects and stuff like that so well again we'll get into it we get into the third act but yeah when there's a boat crashing through town it's pretty fun yeah looking through when this movie came out you know 20th century fox had their alien resurrection which we already talked about same year going back to the well one of matt's favorite lines and he's completely correct this is what 20th century fox was doing i don't know what's gonna work on alien 4 speed 2 sure yeah it was just another one of those years i mean again we talked about it in that alien resurrection episode but 97 was just one of those years fox was struggling and they were just like all right we need to make some money how are we gonna make some money and speed was a big one and i think i think excitement was high to get a sequel going for it uh in 97 it may have come honestly maybe a year too late I think people were pretty excited when this was announced to happen until they heard Keanu wasn't going to be back. <laughs> oh, man, the Keanu story. Yeah, I read the script. Uh, not good. But then he at the time said he wasn't mentally prepared to do an action movie after doing Chain Reaction. Chain Reaction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but later on, he kind of admitted like, no, I read the script and it was bad. He's like, really, guys, a boat, a cruise liner. How fast is that? And he, he said he just couldn't do it, but he chose the devil's advocate, devil's advocate that year. Yep. That's a pretty good movie, too. So he, he didn't necessarily make the wrong choice. Well, yeah, and some other people made uh, some interesting choices because, I mean, William Defoe is Geiger, the bad guy in this. But initially they wanted Gary Oldman, but he turned it down again because of the script and then went on to do Air Force One. That would have been an interesting world where Gary Oldman's in this. But Gary Oldman's too, I mean, he can be wacky. But I guess later on in his life, he's been more of the serious drama. You know, I can do anything until he gets to Batman, which he was still very serious in Batman. William Dafoe, on the other hand, just like, oh, okay, I'll go off. What do you want? 11, 12, 30? I got it all. Uh, Well, I'm glad you mentioned even, I know you're talking about Gary Oldman, but I'm glad you mentioned Batman here because I totally got the vibe that Willem Dafoe is playing like a Batman villain here in this movie because he is, yeah, he's on another level. He could be like a Joel Schumacher Joker or something like that in this movie. Well, I mean, this came out the same time as Batman and Robin. Yeah, so he, and he is definitely channeling that kind of comic book villain, Mm -hmm. you know, the laughter, the just the big sort of responses to things and yeah just his over-the-top performance could fit very well in any of those comic book movies of this time yeah i mean the biggest problem too was it came out during a pretty hard time to make some money lost world Jurassic park lost world came out con air was out batman and robin face off and then right after that into july was here comes the men in black We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. That, I mean, game changer, you know, (laughs) where do you go from here? It's like Speed 2 doesn't seem so interesting anymore after you've gotten men in black. Yeah, Con Air. I mean, Face Off, too, is a classic already now. Lost World yeah. has its moments. Like, it has some iconic stuff in it. Like, there's a lot of really cool Spawn. A lot of cool stuff coming out in 97. 
Yeah, only you are saying Spawn. <laughs> it's finding its audience. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I, call, I called it for 20 years, and it's happening now. <laughs> and I'll still deny it then, <laughs> even though I just watched Faust the other night. So I have no room to say you know, yeah. room to. <laughs> pretty, pretty similar stuff. <laughs> uh, that movie's ridiculous. I love it. I get why you like Spawn. I really do. It's the same reason that I like Speed 2. It's ridiculous. You find some fun stuff in it. Let's describe the front here. So we're taking a look at the box. I don't I don't know which one you have, but mine is part of the premiere series. Mine is the 20th Century Fox selections. Ooh, okay. Yeah, mine is part of the premiere series. Don't know what the differentiation between those two are, but, you know, it has the, the bar across the top where it says premiere series. And then we get the poster which is Speed 2, Cruise Control, Sandra Bullock, and Jason Patrick's name above the title. We get their faces looking distressed as colors are flying by their face, sort of like the colors of fire and water, I would guess, I would guess is what they're going for here. Um, and they, yeah, like I said, it's just them two. We get a quote from Siskel and Ebert on the front that says two thumbs up, and then we get a boat at the bottom on fire, looking like it's kind of, kind of speeding off the box. We got some more reviews even on the back too. So I mean, this one was a uh, this one was kind of liked a little bit because we get Joel Siegel, another top critic at the time. Hold your breath, action, and then we get the LA Daily News, spectacular. It never stops moving, and man, it's fun. Take a look at our description. So if you wanted to know what Speed Two Cruise Control is all about, here it is for you. Hold on to your life jacket as the rip roaring sequel to Speed hits the high seas. Sandra Bullock reprises her star-making role as Annie Porter, a young woman expecting to enjoy a Caribbean vacation with her boyfriend, Jason Patrick, on board the world's most luxurious cruise liner. But their trip to paradise turns deadly when a lunatic computer genius, Willem Dafoe, takes over the boat and sets it on a course for destruction. An explosive voyage helmed by Daredevil director Yann DeBont, Speed Twister, Speed 2 Cruise Control rides the wild waves at maximum velocity. 1997, approximately 125 minutes color. Now, your description is different than mine, but it's not far off. Pretty similar. This is the weird thing about mine. Above the description is red lettering, and it says, During shooting aboard the cruise ship Seaborne Legend, Hurricane Lily headed for Florida's Key West as the ship raced towards safe waters. Seasickness hit on a grand scale as cast and crew literally fell out of their beds due to the ship's extensive rocking and rolling. Then it goes on to describe the film. I've never seen that. I wonder if part of the selections, you know, they give you a little behind the scenes because, you know, that's probably the gimmick behind why they're quote unquote selections. I would assume. Okay, maybe. I'll have to rewatch that because it just does the 20th Century Fox selections uh, at the beginning. And I kind of just didn't pay attention because we've seen these so many times. But yeah, I do wonder if they mentioned something in it that's different. I, I wonder, too, just like when that even came out, you know, like. But yeah, Fox did all these crazy labels like the premiere series and selections and family favorites or whatever. You know, they, there was always sort of that green bar across the top of a lot of these Fox movies in the late 90s, early 2000s. I guess it was just their way of re-releasing stuff. Did you get the same three production shots that I did? Well, I've got I got a still of Sandra Bullock sitting in the boat. I got one of her and Jason Patrick like standing with the water behind them. And then one with Sandra Bullock in a life vest with uh, Willem Dafoe behind her. Yep, bingo. We got the same ones. It's funny that they use kind of those just those three actors kind of in all the promotional things here. 
when this is treated as kind of an ensemble where we do spend time with more of the cast besides our three leads. We do. We spend a lot of time with side characters. (laughs) Some are good. Some not so good. Um, A lot of them stereotypes, which are fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, It's just got to be entertaining. Gel better. I, I will say at the the front of this, the two things that you know just blow my mind is obviously two thumbs up from Cisco and Ebert. I don't think anyone expected this because this is constantly voted as like top fifty worst sequels ever made or whatever. I think Rotten Tomatoes gives it a total of four percent, which I think is ridiculous. But Rotten Tomatoes, I've always had a problem with that. Basically, I I almost disagree with everything Rotten Tomatoes comes out with. Yeah, I mean the over reliance on it, you know few years ago it's kind of killed all their credibility so yeah (laughs) the listening to Cisco and Ebert argue about this even though they both liked it so here I'll play the clip here it isn't a great action movie but it's a very competent one and it gets the job done I liked it I liked it too I was a little nervous there with the way you started out I thought you were going to knock this picture Um, Sandra Bullock I think it's very smart that she's here in a more limited role she's on the run she's alive and sexy and Sandra Bullock has said that she's been overexposed ever since speed that she said she was boring herself she thought Mm -hmm. the and I think that that there's a conscious effort to limit her in this picture and also talk about Jason Patrick for a second you say he steals the scenes but he steals them because he's a superior actor he was in a wonderful film called after dark my sweet about seven years ago and he's just really yeah, good well, he's a good actor he's good in a new movie coming out later this year called love and death on Long Island too that was a big hit at the Cannes Film Festival but you know she was the star really right. more than Keanu Reeves of speed so you make a sequel okay and you have the same star in the sequel why not let her be the star uh, we want to see Sandra no, I, Bullock. Lo- no I, I mean is it good career management to hide someone and to give them smaller roles I think it's I think it's her I think it's her sense of herself and how she's I think that they were co-equals yeah, well, in the first picture I don't picture. think she should have that I don't, I don't like the premise that you're making she was but she was co-equals. the discovery she was the discovery in the first picture that's true and, and it's not good it's not career advice to her to say keep a low profile we want to see her we like her if we don't want to see her we won't go to her movies but she's, if we go to a Sandra Bullock movie that's who we want this to isn't see. a Sandra Bullock movie this is an action picture with two co-stars Bullock and and Jason Patrick and all three the ship and the two actors are very good but my point is still an excellent one only in your head yeah Siskel he's going to uh really dig his feet in on that Sandra Bullock's not that really good of an actress yeah and he also seems to be suggesting uh I don't know how much of the clip you play but he also seems to be suggesting that it's like good that Keanu isn't in this because he's a bad actor and we're trading up by getting Jason Patrick he seems to be suggesting in this clip as well. So, you know, he's not a fan of either of these actors, but he liked the movie. <laughs> Very odd, because I just don't see Jason Patrick. He's a good actor. He's a terrible action actor. Uh, he's not a summer popcorn movie guy. He has very little charisma. He's, you know, more of like this dark, dramatic, very serious actor and he had a lot of problems getting roles after this movie he didn't want to do the blockbusters he was very much interested in smaller films which is fine but he has no charisma in this yeah which is funny because we've i've seen jason patrick you have charisma i i one of my favorites i always recommend people that he's in is the losers from 2010 uh and he's the villain and he is off the charts just oozing, chewing scenery, oozing charisma. He's great in it as the villain. Um, I wish we could have gotten to see him do more stuff like that. 
but he's got it in him but it clearly he is just not interested in this movie whatsoever <laughs> this is totally feels like a paycheck movie for him or you know it's not the movie he signed up for you know maybe with the script changes and things like that he's just not on here <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit here but also like i want to to go back to your point of like the critics and this is you know often considered one of the worst 90s cash in movie and four percent on rotten tomatoes this is before the day and age of the ridiculous over the top sequel though like if you think about it like fast nine just came out f9 which i watched on the same day that i watched b2 so that i have comparisons in my head but like you know we're on the ninth fast and furious movie they're absolutely ridiculous the nothing that defies all the laws of physics it's silly but critics like it they know what they're kind of signing up for Speed 2 kind of takes the approach of like the everything plus more kind of over the top sequel. And I just don't think critics at that time wanted that. I don't know what they wanted. I don't know if they wanted just more of the same or something completely different. But I just we weren't in the day and age of the ridiculous sequel yet. And I think that's what kind of hurt Speed 2's rating at the time. I think now it'd be it would be viewed with fresher eyes because it is an over the top sequel and that's liked now. So I, I don't know if it would necessarily, you know, get much higher than a four percent, but I do think more people would probably find it and like it now than they did then. Yeah, I mean just to go through movies that it got a higher rating was Universal Soldier The Return and Highlander Three, which most people I know haven't even seen Highlander Three, Basic Instinct Two. I don't know, you've seen that one. Which one do you think's better? I think Speed 2 is the best of all of the ones you just listed. <laughs> That's why, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how they do their algorithms. But when you list number 32, Death Wish 3, at 11%, yeah, I'm done with you. If you didn't watch that and enjoy the ridiculousness and understand that it was made by complete idiots, that's what makes it enjoyable. Again, but that's another perfect example of like, we weren't ready for ridiculous sequels yet. It didn't, you know, we weren't a part of that. That trend wasn't happening yet. So yeah, of stuff like Death Wish 3 and Speed 2 are going to get buried for being quote unquote stupid or over the top, whatever. But we love that now. So (laughs) yeah. Well, another ridiculous thing on this cover is the boat's never on fire. No, the boat itself never is on fire. Other things are on fire, but the boat is never burning like this on the cover. And then when it wrecks into the harbor, it never catches on fire. No, it just gets scraped up. Definitely some false advertisement on that. That's fine. I don't really care. I just want to point it out. Not a still from the movie. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, Probably Industrial Light and Magic just having fun. And they're like, you want to stick this on the cover? Sure, why not? It'll add some explosiveness. Before we look at our feature presentation, we would like to remind you that you can rate and review us on iTunes. We don't remember to remind you to do this. uh, And, you know, I noticed we got another rating. So this is what I'll tell you. If I see other ratings and you put a description, I'll read it. I mean, I think that would be fun. Uh, Hopefully they're a lot nicer than our YouTube comments, (laughs) which are ridiculous. Go out there, iTunes, rate and review us. It helps a lot. I love the YouTube comment you sent me of the guy who didn't believe that you were putting up an actual VHS rip, who thought you put it through a filter. (laughs) Can't believe that. So I put the tape in the VCR. Well, no, sorry. It it would be like I take the DVD, I capture it, I cut it. And right before on YouTube, I then put a filter on it to make it look like older media. Why? I don't get it. Is it just like one of these things where they're like, hipsters, you guys all think you're just so 
awesome with your VHS filters. What? No. Yeah, who's who, doing I mean, this? Who, who is this guy to be like the filter police too? You know, <laughs> like who cares? I mean, we didn't. Uh, the tr- the truth is, it's a VHS. But even if we did, which again we didn't, but even if we did, who cares? Why is it a big deal? Calm down, dude. What are you all mad about? Yeah, and how did I degrade the audio too? I'd have to put two filters on there: the audio yeah. filter and you know the actual video filter. Like what? Right, right. You went through all that work just to post a clip of Alien on YouTube. <laughs> you went through all that. Yeah, come on, dude. Get over yourself. Anyway, let's get into the feature presentation. And now, our feature presentation. Okay, we're not really doing the trailers because they're just, you know, little clip shows. I got a premiere series compilation, which included stuff like this movie. (laughs) Okay, so we get uh, right away. They explain that Alex or no, I'm sorry. (sighs) Keanu Reeves is gone. She has to tell us. I think this line is used a lot in this film where it's just like, relationships based on extreme events don't last something like that right Mm -hmm. they make a point of it right away that her last boyfriend it didn't work out because of that but now she's got a new one this whole driving lesson makes me laugh but it makes no sense because her character in the first one was she just lost her license for speeding they make her look like a clown driving a car (laughs) like what what is going on yeah, it's over the top. We are we are entering silly over the top, I guess, storytelling with the, with this character who I don't even really feel like necessarily is Annie from the first movie. It just seems like it's Sandra Bullock playing Sandra Bullock at the time. <laughs> so DeBont wrote this script and got some help. And then I guess they cleaned it up a little bit. But the whole point of this is like this is DeBont's first film, you know, that he wrote. Uh, He did speed to I'm sorry, he did speed and he did twister gigantic. He explodes onto the scene after being a cinematographer for, you know, Madonna music videos. And I mean, he's been so much. It was ridiculous. I mean, Die Hard. He was I don't know if he was a cinematographer in Die Hard, but he definitely had played a big, huge role in the look of that film. So this is the first one that he gets to basically be everything. Well, not everything he didn't produce, but you know what I mean? He's got a lot of say in this one, directing it, writing it, uh, even working with the same cinematographer, which is interesting because this one didn't feel the same. Uh, There were still handheld shots, but I rewatched Speed. That holds up. Wow. I think that was also a problem. Don't watch Speed and then Speed 2. That's not a good idea. Yeah, I had seen Speed maybe like last year, so I had some distance for (laughs) for getting into this. Uh, But it was fresh enough in my head. But yeah, some distance where I was just like not going to deeply compare them (laughs) Uh, because, yeah, how could you? Uh, one of the one of the things too about the way this is shot, I think, translates so hilariously on VHS. This is one of those super deep focus, you know, long, wide shots of everything. The pan and scan on this VHS is absolutely hysterical. Like it is like they could not keep any of the shots like they just did not translate the full screen at all. (laughs) They are constantly just trying to kind of capture an image with the pan and scan. Very funny Uh, because this movie was probably shot so wide for theaters. Yeah, the VHS looks crazy. (laughs) Uh, But we're talking about sort of the beginning here with the driving and we meet Alex, we meet uh, Jason Patrick's character and everything like that. I think personally that the first act of this movie is really fun. 
and moves very well. The first act, we'll get into, we'll get into the rest, but I think the first act of this movie breezes by. Oh, see, I I don't. I think the beginning does with the driving test and the Ducati where we find out that he's actually, you know, an LA cop. I think she thought he was like on beach patrol. He's a beach patrol officer, but he lies to her and then he's just like, "Oh, by the way, I got cruise tickets." The thing with him is is like show some personality. I I understand that you made an agreement with 20th Century Fox that you would only star in this film if you made these changes to the script. They straight up lied to him. They said, we'll absolutely make these changes. He showed up to start to shoot and he looked at the script. They didn't make one change. And they got him to sign the contract before officially making the changes. Lesson learned, fire your agent, get a new one. That's not cool, but you got to show up. There's so many actors like you and I will talk about all the time that bring it 100% every time, even if they're in a movie they can't stand. You got to bring it. You're getting paid to bring it, but even more, you just got to have some pride. I think this is just one of these things that irritates me about actors sometimes. You're getting paid $5 million. Show up. Yeah, and he does seem pretty disinterested in this movie. Uh, I think that's the best kind of description for his performance in this. But nevertheless... I still like Jason Patrick and I I see I see flashes of moments in this movie where I don't know if it's just a scene that excites him or if it's if, if they are genuinely just having fun. I see flashes of it in him, especially this beginning when we get first introduced to him. He is so indifferent towards everything. It's like, oh, I need a little pizzazz here, dude. Yeah. And then when they get onto the cruise, you know, we first of all, they bump into uh, Geiger right away, William Defoe's character, which I always find funny in these films where they're like, we've got to set up the character of Geiger and what he's doing and why he's doing it. But the thing is, is like what made Speed so good is we didn't know why he was doing it all. We didn't find out till the end. We're just like, holy shit, there's a bomb in an elevator. Get these people out. Oh, we think we killed them. Holy shit, there's a bomb on a bus. He gets on a bus and you are thrown into this this is what makes speed so good you are thrown in you you just feel your heart starting to palpitate you know you're just like holy shit what's gonna happen this one i'm like oh okay yeah all right so he got sick they fired him he's putting some bombs oh he's a hacker okay now there's some weird stuff you know <laughs> the with leeches. the leeches <laughs> before we get into that here's the whole scene where i'm talking about jason patrick where he just hands her the ticket let's go away together okay where Caribbean. Oh, the Caribbean. Do you have a concussion? We work six days a week, Alex. Never even been away for a, a weekend. I was going to surprise you tonight, but uh, it's a cruise. This is so unfair, Alex. You what? can't just pull out tickets to some exotic island and think that's gonna make everything okay i don't expect that i can make it all right but uh you know maybe you thought we could no don't do that i want to be depressed right, right now i don't want you to like do that all right, all right. don't all right, all right as you can see like right there they don't really seem to have much passion for each other it's just like you were saying like disinterested and while she's just going through the motions yeah i again i i still don't see sort of Annie, the character here. I just see yeah. Sandra Bullock, the celebrity here. <laughs> I feel like that's the performance she's giving. Two sort of performances that aren't standout. You do at least get Willem Dafoe 
what is he doing in this movie? He's insane. Uh, we, you brought up the leeches. I don't know why more people don't talk about the leech scene in this movie as just like like absurd cinema one hundred and one here. I get that he is sick or whatever, and he uses the leeches to. I don't know. It's such a weirdly sexual scene, and it's very, it's very odd. And uh, I definitely tuned in real like, close when that scene happened. I was like, "What in a normal movie? This is happening?" <laughs> yeah, and here's the explanation why. Let her go. And he spent the rest of the days in some nice mental hospital, sticking leeches to your ass. Oh, so you met my nurses. They cleaned the copper out of my blood. Doctors gave me a couple of years to live. Those blood suckers might give me a few more. You walk away now, and there's a chance I might not kill you. <laughs> Listen to you. Let him go. No! Something about copper. I mean, you hear it there. The leeches or eels. I don't know what they were, by the way. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, but they suck the copper out of his blood. And he's like, I'm going to live a little bit longer because for some reason, ships that he was creating for them got, I don't know, wherever he was working, whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's weird no matter what. Yes. <laughs> we got to go through all these like side characters because there's a lot. And I'm going to start with one that I don't know where this came from. The deaf girl who is actually played by a deaf actress who was only in X-Files and this, but... One, impressed that you got a real deaf actor. Kudos. This is 1997. Uh, this is something that I didn't expect back then. And they did. Uh, kudos. But <laughs> here's my but to this. But yeah. <laughs> did you did you get the impression? And, it, you know, maybe this is just me being harsh. Did you get the impression, though, that this girl was like kind of a bitch? Like, it seemed like her parents were just exhausted by her and not... You know, not any of her difficulties or anything like that. Like, she just seemed like she was straight up difficult. Like, she was just ruthless to these parents, I feel like. This was a, this was a parent. They just looked, the parents just looked so exhausted by her attitude <laughs> that, like, I got the impression that she was just, like, a straight up bitch. <laughs> See, I thought her dad was an asshole. Like, when she get there, you know, got to the party and he's just like, you know, she had colorful shoes on, a colorful outfit. I think he said she looked like a clown and then they just told her, you know, she ran off. I do get that. She, like, ran off, but she's a teenager. They're all difficult. Yeah, true, true. You could look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, with the whole weird thing with her, and I we I think I buried the lead on this, is at one time, she is coming on to Jason Patrick. Yes. I get the cutesy puppy love, but it felt weird. All this shit's going down. You know, the ship, we don't know if it's going to blow up, but, you know, I, I think at this point we've seen grenades. Uh, she was lost. Jason Patrick found her. Shit's serious. And then she's like, I just want to let you know, you know, I'm almost 15. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, props to Jason Patrick for not fucking going for it, though, at least. <laughs> I mean, they were trying to play it where he's just, you know, he's a handsome fella and the young girl's got a crush on him. But it would have been better if he would have like saved her or something and then she would have kissed him on the cheek and said thank you and just leave it at that. 
we don't have to have this whole conversation where she's like, by the way, I'm almost 15. Like, was that some creepy way of saying, like, if there's grass on the field, play ball? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And she she keeps it up throughout the whole movie. She, like, tells him she loves him. And, like, yeah, pretty much any time they're together, she's like, I'm in love with you. Even Sandra Bullock is like, let her down easy. And now in the scene when, like, sign language flirting with him. I also love how during this whole dinner scene, two other side characters are the fat is your friend people. See, the misconception is that fat is bad. In order to lose fat, you shouldn't eat fat. Well, guess what, guys? False. Your body's just a giant computer. Mm. See, if you don't eat fat, your body's central mainframe goes, whoa. Whoa. Better keep whatever whoa. fat I've got. <laughs> so you see, we at Fat Busters, well, we say that as your friend. Oh, yeah, good friend, yeah. I think he's a good friend. Yeah. Here, meet this guy. Mm. <laughs> of course, it's like some woman that's probably in some type of pyramid scheme, and then her obnoxious Homer Simpson husband is there, common in the 90s. Like, they just yes. had to take these characters. And, like, I, I don't know, some movies I like it, but in this one, I just kind of looked at it, and I'm like, I think it's a bit too much. We're taking the 90s fad diet thing uh, on. We're doing, you know, the silly fat characters, which was totally a thing in the 90s and, and into the 2000s. Like, kind of got all of that happening with them. I liked them, personally, though. <laughs> I thought it was just a welcome kind of uh, comedic relief, I guess. I, I did like how they get all these people onto this boat. Uh, I guess dinner dance thing and everything like that. And then they're like, you want to see some diamonds? And they're like, you can buy some of this jewelry if you want. And I'm like, there you go. There's your spin. This also seems like something very of the 90s, like the luxury cruises where you can, you know, come and spend too much money and stuff like that. So we have an annoying bellhop, which I kind of love him at the end. And then we find out William Defoe's got smoke bombs in his golf clubs. One of the scenes with Jason Patrick again, where He's odd. Uh, disinterested, I think, is a perfect word. I think you've nailed it, where he's just like, is it okay if your boyfriend over there? Because she talks to Geiger for five seconds, and he's acting jealous. Now, what I didn't get, was there a point in this script where he was following Geiger as a suspect, and then that's why he got the random cruise tickets? Because he seems on to Geiger the minute they see him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one way you can go with it. It I I think what the script was doing and I don't know if it was fully successful was just like he's always on, you know, so he went on this cruise and immediately spotted the bad guy. I think that's what they're trying to kind of do with it, but like it isn't totally clear. And Jason Patrick's disinterest in that whole scene where he is like saying like he hasn't even looked at the TV and he's supposed to be into golf or whatever. Like, I, I think I think they were trying to sell it as that, but I just don't know if it comes across perfectly. So, yeah, I wonder, you know, one other way to explore it then is, yeah, did he just go on the cruise to follow him? So I, I don't know. But I, I think I think they were just trying to sell that he's always on. I could see that. I could pick that up now. Yeah, that like he can't relax. He won't boogie. She just wants to boogie. And <laughs> he will not boogie. Yeah, you could definitely tell during this whole outdoor scene where she's dancing and leading more of the story at this point. That's the Sandra Bullock that I want. You don't get a lot of it. I mean, there's a reason why she was like America's sweetheart battling with Meg Ryan at the same time. She's just so damn likable. 
Yeah, she is. Uh, I have always said sort of in the past that I'm not a fan of her thing. But as as I get older, I, I kind of realize that I'm like, I'm just not into a very specific thing of hers. Like, I really don't like like the romantic, uh, romantic comedy and or romantic drama Sandra Bullock. I just it doesn't work on me like it doesn't work for me at all i think i find her annoying when she's in those but when she's in like action movies like this speed demolition man even like the heat later i like i i I really like her in those and yeah she is instantly like charming and likable but yeah when you stick her in like a romantic drama or even a drama drama like the blind side i'm like i just really put off by her so you know she's hit or miss for me but i think she works really well in these kind of movies did you mention the net? I haven't seen the net. Oh my gosh! I know it seems tailor made for my kind of area of interest, but I haven't seen it. Old ass clunky computers. Yeah, I love I love uh, tech thrillers from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, we get a little bit of it here where he's hacking away. I don't know what the hell he's doing, uh, getting like a readout of the ship. You know, we have two kind of annoying redheads from Texas. That are in here, and I love William Defoe and these two redheads. This whole scene that lasts like thirty seconds. This is the perfect example of what he does well. He just owns the scene, and he has like four lines, and then he's out. <laughs> I just I love him, and then he kills the captain of the boat. All the all the captain has to do is walk away and be like, "I'm gonna go get security." You're freaking me out, right? <laughs> He like goes in to the light and then William Defoe knocks him over. And I'm like, what are you doing? Just leave. Yeah, just walk in a Z formation and get out of there. <laughs> like, if I saw William Defoe with that smile swinging that light, I'm like, N- no, I have other, I have better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> I will not entertain this type of crazy. <laughs> yeah. See, what I thought he was going to do was then go straight into the control room kind of like under siege and own the entire ship and do whatever he wanted in it. No, he still was like scurrying around like a rat. Yep. And I mean, that's a perfect description of kind of his performance in this movie, right? Like that's kind of what he's doing the whole time. <laughs> he's like a stowaway, but he actually paid for a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it cracks me up. Once the captain dies, you know, we get Django Fett slash Boba Fett as kind of the new captain, you know, a nice man. He's got a great voice, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. When when Willem Dafoe is doing that scene where he's like saying the stuff that the captain and him are going to say, I was like, oh, is this guy in on it? But then like he's not in on it because he becomes a new captain or whatever. But I think that was like bad editing or writing or something there, because for a second, my brain was confused. I was like, is this guy in on it with him? I know what you're talking about, right? The beginning where he was like refusing to take over as captain. Yeah. And like he's in Willem Dafoe sort of saying the things he's going to say. And then it cuts to him. And I'm like, oh, is there like an earpiece thing or something happening between them? And it's like, no, he's just Willem Dafoe knows how this is going to play out or whatever. But that's not very clear in this. Uh, And we don't know this guy long enough to know, is he in on it? Is he not? But yeah, turns out to not be in on it and he becomes sort of our captain then for the rest of the movie it's funny i thought the same thing i thought they were like going off a script he he like had a script yes, he's like you yes, gotta memorize exactly. this and i'm like oh i don't remember this and then the movie kept playing on i go no it's just weird i get that they're trying to sell that william defoe knows everything you know that they're gonna do like he memorized their script of procedures 
Yeah. Because he, you know, but it, I, I think it would have been better if there would have been a snake in the grass. Yeah, I just I, there's something lost in translation there. You know, it's just a, it's not it's not clear there and or it's not set up enough. You yeah. know, something like that no, I get is it. happening. So, yeah, I don't know. But he this guy is good as our he's likable. You know, Jango Fett, Boba Fett is our likable captain then after that after i realized he wasn't a bad guy <laughs> yeah what's your opinion on the scotsman the guy who at the end of the movie decides to tell us even though we can see that the knots are going down in speed he decides nine knots eight knots seven knots and i'm like wow this is the countdown we get okay all right not not very good but what'd you think of it I, you know, I, th- I think that this guy looks just like kind of a quintessential 90s actor. And I don't know if I've seen him in other stuff. I, mean, I probably have, but I don't know. I didn't look him up or anything like that. But I did find him like likable for some reason, even though, yeah, he really has nothing to do. And I mean, a countdown as like the boat is crashing into a town or whatever is like funny and silly and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. I thought he was kind of charming and likable. I didn't, he was one of the ones of the ensemble when we like totally just abandoned Jason Patrick and Sandra Bullock and we don't spend any time with them for like 30 minutes. He was one of the people that I was okay when they would cut to. The second act of this film when Jason Patrick and Sandra Bullock kind of disappear and it becomes all these side characters trying to survive. They're in it, you know, I'm being a little ridiculous, obviously. They don't completely disappear, but they kind of do. They kind of do, and I think that's what really, for me, so you said you had problems with the first and the second act. I really had a problem with the second act. I feel like the first half of the second act grinds to like a halt because that's all the exposition. That's Willem Dafoe telling you the plan. That's Sandra Bullock and Jason Patrick you know, talking to each other about the future, and he's got the ring and stuff like that just grinds to a halt. And then the second half of Act 2, you know, before we get to the grand finale with the speeder chase and stuff like that, it picks up a little bit and we we start to see a little bit more of them. But to, yeah, that middle Act 2, we just lose them entirely. Mm-hmm. We don't have any focus on them. And I really do. I think this second act of like, you know, the first part of second act is really slow exposition. Middle, we lose our main characters. And then second half picks up, or yeah, the second half of this, second act picks up a little bit but like i think this is the thing that hurts the movie in my opinion yeah i want to clarify because i think maybe i misspoke so i think the first five minutes of this is exciting little corny little cheesy with the whole driving test then the next 45 minutes with the setup of the characters the side characters and everything like that it's too long and it does it slows down the movie to a halt but then the last hour of this Picks up right when William Defoe, like the whole them trying to stop the propeller, which is completely absurd, by the way. Fine, whatever. I get it. We got to stop it somehow. We got to slow down this boat. Once William Defoe makes his copper speech of why he's doing all this, the movie literally just presses on the gas pedal. The problem is, is the boat can only go so fast. <laughs> what What you have is like, it's the weight. So they're really trying to sell this massive weight of this boat, you know, flying through the ocean. But really, it can only go so fast. If you look at it, I think at one time, didn't it top out at 20 knots? I don't remember. I think it was 20 knots. So let's go here to Google and knots to miles per hour. 20 knots is 23 miles an hour. So this movie literally cuts the speed in half because in speed, it couldn't go under 55. 
And what made speed interesting is when you have to go 55 miles an hour in a bus, you've got all this traffic in the way. It's tense. You've got turns. And we can't get the bomb. We're looking for the bomb. We don't know where it is. You're in an ocean. You got all the room in the world. Now, they try to curve that by eliminating the ability to control the ship and turn it. But even still, they still turned it. And my thought process was like, go back down there. Keep turning. Go away from the coast. What are you doing? Sail off into the middle of the ocean. This doesn't seem that hard to avoid. I mean, all of it's very hard to avoid. You know, they got to go underneath. They're diving. They're trying to stay one minute at a time turning a wheel. But go back down there and start turning the wheel again. You had plenty of time. Yeah, it seems it seems as if the the titular speed in this movie is not like the boat going fast or like it it almost is just that like they can't stop it you know like that almost seems more like the i guess cruise control of it is that this boat just won't stop moving so yes like you said the the fix for that is just turn it somewhere where it isn't gonna hurt anybody (laughs) yeah you know what i mean like if they would have land if they would have locked it into a certain vicinity let's say that they couldn't turn it. They've got a tanker over to the left side. They've got the island, you know, directly in front of us. And then they've got a, you know, a hurricane to the right of them. And they have, which one's the best one to go into? Immediate death exploding into the tanker, killing a bunch of people into the island, or taking your chances like the perfect storm in a hurricane. But They give us a whole third option where you could just turn the ship and go off into the ocean until you run out of power. Yeah, and then nobody gets hurt. (laughs) And then that's it. Because, like, you've eliminated also most of the the people on the ship, too, because they've gotten off on lifeboats. So it's only this remainder who couldn't get off on the last lifeboat because Jason Patrick and Sandra Bullock couldn't shut up when they were trying to get on it. Uh, It's only those people kind of left. So, yeah. They're rescuable. It's not like we have a full cruise liner here. We've gotten a lot of people out, too. So this is an easy rescue, I feel like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and we forgot to mention Dante. Which one is Dante? He's the one taking all the pictures, and then he has to save him on the boat. And then Dante helps him turn the boat. This is just the only reason this guy's in this film is they didn't even have this character in the script. He saw him on tour, like went to a club and he was a comedian and he goes, you're, you know, you, you are very likable. You want to be in my $150 million movie? <laughs> and they made a character for him. Great. Great. Good for him. I forgot he's in it, but good for him. <laughs> you're playing a kind a character that does a lot, even though Matt forgot about him. <laughs> I did. I forgot Which is perfect. Totally. <laughs> it's like we set up a joke, but trust me, we didn't. <laughs> Good for uh, him, though. Good, yes. make that money. Get get in that uh, hundred fifty million dollar blockbuster. <laughs> but I did forget your character in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So when they turn the boat, they they crash into the entire island very slowly, but they're wrecking shit. And we also get the '90s loved dogs in disaster films. Yes. <laughs> and we get another one. I mean, we've seen Independence Day where the dog leaps into the like hallway of the subway. I don't know what it was. Anyway, and we got. Dante's Peak, where the dog's leaping into the back of the truck. Well, this one, the dog leaps into a convertible. The second anchor falls on it, and then he pops back out because we, you know, have that joke. Not my car. (laughs) Right. (laughs) My car. 
which I know is, by the way, in the TV ads. I remember it. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I remember that so fondly. Uh, my dad thought it was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the fat guy's car got smashed. I love it. <laughs> the 90s. Nobody understands that w- didn't live it. It was a simpler, <laughs> magical time. <laughs> and if you forgot Sandra Bullock was in this movie, now she's in a speedboat. A weird speedboat, right? Yeah, it's got like two jet skis basically that come out of it. But like when they're together, it's like a shared jet ski boat thing. <laughs> it's like those sidecars, you know, like the motorcycle with the sidecar. It's kind of like that, but with a jet ski. Okay, I've never been on one of these, so these were new to me. I'm sure anyone who lives on the Caribbean is probably like, you've never seen these? No, I'm from Missouri. Yeah, I'm, I, and I'm from I'm from here. I don't see that <laughs> often. <laughs> We can tell you what to put on your hot dog, but we got no fucking clue what to go in water with. Exactly. I I know Navy Pier and it begins and ends there. (laughs) Uh. Uh, I went floating on the Merrimack as a kid. You had beer and tubes. Done. Yeah, there you go. That was it. That's all you need. (laughs) Luxury cruise liners were not my uh, youth. Sorry. (laughs) Canoes and tubing. And then one day I saw a kayak and I go, what the fuck is that? That was the adventurous part of uh, the Merrimack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a new boat. Anyway, back into this. Yeah, Sandra Bullock is still in this film. She's making $12 million, even though she's she's the first build character, but kind of the third in runtime. Uh, yeah, I think she's only in about an hour of this movie. I didn't like do the math or check it perfectly or anything, but like just off my eyes, I think she's only in about half this movie. <laughs> well, it's, it's so weird to me. Because she should have been the lead of this film. Yeah, truly. You're talking about her chemistry, or not her chemistry, but her like ability or whatever. Uh, it, sh- it should have been the star here. But really, she's just kind of there to give exposition and be saved by Jason Patrick, which is, is a shame. I will say, though, like we're, we're talking shit here, but like this third act is awesome. This whole the speeder chase or jet ski chase or whatever it is and the boat crashing into the town and him having to turn the boat around and them scraping it against that big boat where it rips, you know, rips into the side of it. All this stuff is awesome. I loved all this. Oh, no doubt. If you like practical effects, if you like stuntman, if you like smashing shit, this is fantastic. And then when they get onto the speedboat that's, you know, like jet skis coming out of it and then he gets on a plane and then basically it turns into a Bond movie. Yeah. And he's just laughing hysterically in the air. Yes. (laughs) And we get one of our characters that's returning from the first film. Now, in the first film, he had a Jaguar and he was driving. Well, first, Keanu comes up, takes it, says he's a cop. Then he gets on the bus. This guy returns. I do not know this actor's name. You know, I've seen him in other things. Yeah, I don't I don't know this guy's name either, but he is a character actor who shows up all the time in stuff, especially in the 90s. He was in a ton of stuff. Glenn Palmer. He's still acting. He's actually got a lot of credits. Sorry, I don't know you better. Congratulations on this resume. Holy shit. So working character actor. Yeah, and he's back in this. I for I forgot that there was anybody in this from the first one besides Sandy. Yeah, there's also the detective or the the squad leader. Uh, also in Terminator 2. And he's mm-hmm. um, yes. Yep. He, yep. he always plays authority. Mm hmm. Even though he is actually very funny. What is his name? I just Miles Dyson, but I don't know what his real name is, but he's always going to be Miles Dyson to me. Joe Morton. Joe Morton has been acting, I don't know, 
longer than I've been alive, <laughs> which is impressive because I'm 800 years old. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he, he returns it at the beginning, but he had such a he just did it because they asked him. He goes, yeah, I loved being in speed. He didn't like the script either. And he's talked about it. He's just like, this script was bad. He pretty much told him he didn't want to uh, record on a, a boat. Because I think they had to take away his character because he this is what I, I should have let that in with this at the beginning. This is what makes me think that Jason Patrick was going onto the ship to investigate Geiger because he, his boss was supposed to be in the movie on the ship. There's no way that, you know, like, oh, we both uh, got a cruise. Yeah, no, at the exactly. same time. Then, that's then he would have had to have had been on there. Yeah, exactly. Tracking the guy. He said he just wasn't good. He wasn't going to do a boat movie. Well, at least they got him in the beginning. At least they got to give him a little part to do. Yeah, he's he's like me. He's a land animal. You don't want anything <laughs> to do with that. Uh, yeah. So when he takes his little plane up in the air, he gets I guess he hits like, I don't know, an antenna and then basically just laughs as he dies. Yeah. As it explodes. Uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's really fun. I, I really it's hard to sell this because we've, you know, been talking shit on it, especially me, but. The last 45 minutes of this film. It's chaos. It's chaos. <laughs> it's not as good as the first speed. I mean, that one's uh, an iconic film. It's not fair to compare anything to that. It's their own damn fault that they made a sequel. But looking at this film as on its own, the last 45 minutes is nuts. Yeah, it's cinematic chaos and it's wonderful. It's so fun. I remembered, so I, I hadn't seen this movie in a very long time. And this may only be like the third or fourth time I've seen it. But I was remembering as I was watching for the end of the movie here that in the early, early, early 2000s, I had watched this again because I liked it in the 90s. So I was watching it again in the early 2000s and loved the end scene again. And the end scene is what inspired the name of my production company, which is Stork Speed Pictures or Stork Speed Video. And I forgot entirely that it was this movie that inspired the name that I still use for all my all my productions and stuff like that. And it was the because the logo for my production company was like it's a speeder boat and a big boat you know, crushing a little boat or whatever. So I've totally forgot where I got that from. It was this movie. And I realized it while I was watching the end of it. And I was like, oh my God. So like my production thing is still named after Speed 2. And I can't, now I can't ever change it. <laughs> That's, I always thought it was a Speed Racer. No, it was, I just, I, I named it after this as like when I was like 10 years old and I kept it, you know, as I actually started making movies and stuff like that. Uh, off of this movie and then the joke became stork speed was that you know i was late all the time to everything <laughs> so then i kept i kept it with that too speed 2 what named it and i forgot until i watched it this time oh <laughs> uh, that's fantastic let's get on to the museum this is the second time i've had to reclaim my property from you that belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our museum. The last film of our disaster, 90s disaster wing. I really don't know what to put because I feel like I, if I put in William Defoe, it's going to be like, well, no shit. <laughs> well, yeah, you could put in anything, any anything that... Uh worked or didn't for you then you don't have to you don't have to do defoe 
Yeah, but I gotta put Defoe in. I'm sorry. It's just, <laughs> it's like, I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, just scurrying around like a rat. He's it's golf clubs. His like little golf ball smoke bombs crack me up. And then when Jason Patrick's like, "This is sulfur fire. This isn't real." And I'm like, "Jesus, Jason Patrick, do you ever turn it off?" <laughs> I forgot that the, they got. The whole little subplot in this is him asking her to marry them. You know, he wants to get married. Yeah. And the trailer to this, like, played the whole, like, fool's rush in from Elvis, except it wasn't sung by Elvis, I don't think. So, yeah, they were going with that whole thing. Fool's rush in. When he does it, he's just like, oh, do you want to wear this for a while? And I'm like, holy shit, even the proposal sucks. <laughs> Uh, but she's into it and she does it. <laughs> she she really likes this guy apparently well could you imagine getting a ring and 12 million dollars okay yeah sure yeah sure yes <laughs> we're gonna sign a prenup i'm just gonna let you know that <laughs> you ain't getting my 12 mil that's so funny yeah yeah no that is a, that is a plot point in this that is sort of explored they kind of come back to it a little bit and yeah obviously in the end he does give it to her or whatever but it is one of those things like when we lose these characters in the middle second act, there's no reference to it or anything. Matt, what are you putting in the museum? I got to put the use of the jet skis and speeder boats and all that stuff in the in the chaos of the last 45 minutes. Great boat work here. <laughs> um, I love I love water stuff. I love. Like, I mean, and obviously don't do it in person because of my lack of knowledge of any of these things I'm talking about. But like I love in movies or theme park rides, water stuff, you know, like so. And this whole end scene feels like a theme park stunt show or something like that. And I adore it. So great boat work. I'm putting the boat work in the museum. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Uh, that was a lot of fun smashing all those boats. And I can't even imagine how many people died in that. Yeah, in like in the story context, how yes. many islanders and just like, you know, people out on the weekend did died because of this uh, chaos that was happening. <laughs> just smashed to bits. That's the, the sacrifice and having a nice day out on the beach, right? <laughs> That's what you get for enjoying the sun. <laughs> right. You know, get back in your troll cave like you where you belong. Put your VHSs in and get in your troll cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Do you, uh, that'll end it on speed too. Did you, I mean, we've been on a break for a while, so do you have any movies, shows, anything? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yes. Give me an update on Gossip Girl. I'm only on episode nine, so I'm not going like very fast, but I love it so much. It is so juicy. It's drama every episode. And I love, I love the characters. I love the show. I, I am so bad with shows and that's why I'm only on like episode nine right now. But, like, I adore it. It's so good. I cannot wait to just keep going for more. Yes, it's it's uh, catty. Yeah, it is. It's the most catty. And I love it. It's dialed up to 11. So I drink it all up. And, yeah, like I said, there's drama. Like, there's there's drama in every episode that a normal show would put over an entire season. But they're like, no, we'll do it in 45 minutes. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, we didn't even say. You, the reason we've been gone for a minute is that You've got a baby now. Yeah, we talked about it before we started recording, so I kind of forgot to bring it up. Yep. Yeah. Tell and our I, listeners. <laughs> tell everyone out there, if you do not have a kid, they are no joke. <laughs> it's a lot of work. 
You will get uh, some of the nights will have very little sleep. Get it while you can. Grab a drink. Show him some movies. I've I've already let him watch Predator, and by let him watch, I mean he fell asleep. But still, it was playing on in the background. So the kids are already getting the finer movies, if you know what I mean. Yes, getting getting that injected into him early, so he can. Uh... He won't know why, but when he's like, you know, five, he'll be like, why am I interested by this movie? <laughs> it's because you, you introduced it already to his sponge mind. Why am I a goddamn sexual source? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm pushing too many pencils. I got him. <laughs> he doesn't even know, but he, he knows. He knows. He it's knows. there now. It's in his DNA. You gave it to him. All right, so I caught a couple action films that I've been meaning to see. Number one, The Honest Thief by Liam Nielsen. And uh, it is at the point where I he's done. Like, don't put him in an action film because he shuffled in this where he was like running as an old man. Oh, no. (laughs) And I was bringing up, you know, he reminds me of our friend in um, Death Wish. Bruce. Oh, no, 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 not even Bruce. Um, No, he's not that bad. Yeah, he reminds me of Charles Bronson in like Death Wish 4 and 5, where it's just like he's just doing it for a paycheck. I mean, he can barely run. Yeah, he's just getting old. He's just getting up there in age. Uh, I saw Honest Thief also, and I I liked it. I I follow Liam Neeson's action stuff because I have liked quite a few of them. And so I saw Honest Thief, and I thought it was okay. But you're right. I mean, he is getting up there. I even... I just watched the one that popped up on Netflix this weekend, uh, Ice Road, which was it was so stupid. It was like the dumbest movie, but like I'll, I watched it because of Liam. But uh, he is getting up there, and I do think it's time to slow down on the action movies. <laughs> yeah, or maybe just retire. I mean, he could still do his, you know, Jedi, Qui-Gon Jinn kind of sitting in a room musing philosophies that's fine but yeah having him run and jump over things it's probably not going to work very much longer he's 69 years old yeah you should have a movie where you're just you know talking to someone you're setting up <laughs> exhibit i mean what, what's the point of doing these action films other than the money but i at a certain point people are just going to stop they're like yeah i'm not hiring him <laughs> it's just, yeah audiences will lose interest in watching him eventually too yeah. so uh, another one I watched that I had never seen. Uh, this is a Stallone. I watched two Stallone movies. Uh, Cliffhanger. Never yes. actually watched that from beginning to end. Wacky. That's um, a that's a that's a Rennie Harlan joint. You get it's fun. <laughs> that's actually one of the reasons why I watched it because when we were saying that there was a possibility in a world that Lenny Harlan could have directed Aliens Three, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna watch Cliffhanger, which I can definitely tell it's his. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a good time watching it. Yeah, Cliffhanger is fun. I like that movie. Yeah, I, I watched it in two feedings. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm sitting there putting him to sleep after giving him a bottle. And I'm like, this is so enjoyable. I wanted to give him another bottle, but he was asleep. So I had to wait until the next, I don't know, four hours from then. <laughs> Three hours, actually. What am I talking about? Uh, the one thing they don't tell you, people. The first like month they eat like every two, three hours. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, maybe they do tell you. I just didn't pay attention. <laughs> uh, 
You're learning. You're a crash course learning. <laughs> uh, and then the other one that I watched, um, Stallone, this is Stallone and Arnold, was I finally watched Escape Plan, I think yeah. it's called. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I don't really. <laughs> exactly my thoughts. <laughs> I don't really get how it had so many sequels. I don't get it. It just was like, yeah, he, he was a professional escape artist. And then he got in like one where someone was pissed at him. I, I don't have anything other than to say that. I want to come up with more words to describe this movie, but it was just okay. Well, that's exactly on that one. You you were like, I watched Escape Plan. You paused, you kind of heavy sighed, and you said, it was okay. And I'm like, yep, that's exactly <laughs> the best way to describe it. Uh, like at the end of it, I wasn't mad, but I wasn't like, wow, I just watched something great. It was like really in the middle. Like, yeah. It's pretty neutral. Okay, movie. It scratches the itch, I guess, to see them two together interacting, but like doesn't really break any new ground or anything. <laughs> I will say the the third one, uh, I, I never saw the second one, but I saw the third one because Devin Sawa is the villain in it, and it's very fun. So if you want to skip to the trash, just go to Escape Plan 3 with Devin Sawa. <laughs> well, I considered watching the second one because it's got Batista in it. Yeah. But I don't know how much Batista is in it, and that worries me. Yeah, it is. It's, it's still direct to video Batista, so he may not be in it as much. Yeah, it makes me wonder if he's just like, hey, Batista, buddy, pal, how about I give you a couple mil and you show up for 15 minutes? Right. Do this one scene with me. <laughs> yeah, that's what scares me, because Batista at this point, I just think is too big. Yes. And I don't know when Escape Plan 2 came out. Now, if it came out like five years ago when he was trying to build his resume, maybe he's in more of it. Maybe he's in half of it. Maybe he's actually the star. I don't know. I've never even watched the trailer. And it's I kinda, yeah, <laughs> I It's won't. kind of beautiful as it is with you not knowing. <laughs> I'm either going to be pissed like there's not enough Batista or I'm going to be like mega happy like, wow, how much did this cost? And they went direct to video. <laughs> this is better than the first one. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Um, yeah, that's uh, I, I do have one that I watched that I think actually people. I mean, cliffhanger you should watch. But uh, I saw something called The All Nighter. It was made in like 2017. Have you ever heard of it? Um, is there anybody in it? 2017 was definitely a period where I was just watching everything I could get my hands on. So there's a chance I might have seen it. But Well, I remember it coming out and it kind of just slipped under the radar and I never picked it back up. It's got J.K. Simmons in it, uh, plays a character named Frank, and it's got Emil Hirsch in it. No, I have not. I have not seen this one. Yeah, Emil Hirsch is, is dating his daughter. And um, so J.K. Simmons is like dedicated to his work. And he's kind of got like a shadowy job and, you know, he's a meat eater and he's got money. And then Neil Hirsch like plays the wants to play the banjo for a living and is a vegetarian, you know, that that kind of like cross. And J.K. Simmons character comes back looking for his daughter, can't find her. And then they just basically have a one day adventure where two people from different planets, so to speak, kind of become friends and mesh. And it is really entertaining and both of them, Emil Hirsch and J.K. Simmons, are so damn likable in it. I found it on Amazon Prime. It was like just one of those. I, I really enjoyed it. The hour and a half went fast. It's like 92 minutes or something. Very enjoyable. And I can tell you what, J.K. Simmons is in shape. That's just all I'm going I'm to let you know that. You're going to find out <laughs> on your own. I, I was shocked, too, because like when he had his shirt off, I'm like, what? 
<laughs> ripped uh what's his name in uh jj jameson or whatever from spider-man j jonah jameson jk simmons can do anything yeah he's a he's a good actor he's uh i think people forget when he's in all these like all our insurance commercials but uh he's a good actor <laughs> anyway that'll end it this week do you have anything else uh go see f9 it's very fun uh i've seen all of the fast and furious movies and well we, me and ashley have told the story many times we did all of them within 24 hours uh ashley did them all in one sitting i did them after you know i did one through five then i went to work and then i came back and i watched six and seven so we watched all of them in a row we had friends over and stuff like that friends who became family if you've seen the movies family uh and now we go see them every time a new one comes out we went and saw nine this uh weekend and it is a blast so if you like the fast and furious movies this one is very very fun yeah i'll see it but it'll probably be at home is it available to stream it will be in 10 days i think or 12 days or something like that i will see it in two weeks (laughs) yes exactly because the theater is something that is going to elude me for a while Yes, it got the baby now. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't even know when you can bring a baby, but uh, maybe it'll be just one of those things. I'll babysit one. I shouldn't say babysit. I'll let her go out and spend time with her friends. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go be alone in the theater. (laughs) And that'll be the the catch up, you know, the balance. You won't. uh, If you go, though, to the Fast and Furious movie, you will not get the peace and quiet, though, because, man. It is a lot of splosums. <laughs> I don't want it because now I can't listen to everything as loud as I want. Yes. Even though this kid will sleep through anything. Uh, he got used to it in the womb. Dog barking, <laughs> don't care. Doorbell ringing, don't care. Uh, loud movies, doesn't care. I- I'm just amazed. But I tell you one thing, the weird stuff, like a crick, you know, like that weird like crack in your floor where it's like old wood wakes right up i'm like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) you just never know (laughs) no he's just like i can't stand that sound the rest of it i don't care explosions gunfire screaming nothing nothing (laughs) nothing one crick in the floor what dad i'm up well you're getting him ready then for action movies he's primed now if he if he can sleep through them then he's good he's ready he actually cries when a rom-com comes on. <laughs> Uh-oh. You've already you've wired him too hard now. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> All right. So remember to be kind. And rewind.